Welcome to the Design Pod, your local design guide for anything and everything visual and graphic. I'm your creative, Enrico. Aside from creativity, one of the fun aspects of design is money. Specifically, getting paid for your design. It's rewarding since you get some cash from your hard work and it's validating since people like your ideas and you will see those ideas applied in the real world. But there is a downside to this. Since much money is given, let's assume the budget is really big, the pressure is always on the designer. Although you, as a designer and the client, meet at a point of agreement on the given fee, there will always be this pressure on your end to give it something worthwhile. Now, a small piece of advice is to always go with your instinct and be confident with your work. As long as you follow the brief, add the things that would look good and work, then there is nothing to worry about. But sometimes, this isn't always the case. There will always be moments where our assumptions as designers are not on point. Because of this, you have to ask yourself, what are some of the assumptions that I need to avoid? I pose this question in this podcast since I read this really good article from Usability Geek. The article is titled, The Far Design Assumptions Costing You Money, and it is written by Harvey Ranola. Although the context of the article is more on user interface and user experience, I'll try to give examples on the other aspects of graphic design. In the article, the first assumption says that users understand your controls. Ranola explained this further when he mentioned about the difficulty of iOS 7 users trying to find their way through with controls. I actually relate to this since the model of my phone and tablet are way different from each other. Although they come from the same brand, the years are far apart. My phone's launch was 2013 while my tablet is 2020. So because of that, they have different software versions and design. My tablet's control panel, which is you have to swipe down while my phone is swiping up. And because of that, switching from one device to another is a difficult experience for me. So moving away from user experience, let's look at this assumption in design. Personally, my specialty is in brand and product design. So I can easily connect these assumptions. One example of this is carefully adding markers or words in your package or box. Is the product delicate? Is it breakable? Sharp? Dangerous? Remember, if you're a designer tasked to create a product that will be launched in the market, you have to be careful on how to instruct the consumer, especially if it's a new product. Okay, so confession time. I actually broke some of our soap dispensers at home because there were no instructions on how to open it. To give you a picture, this soap bottle has a built-in nozzle that you need to push down in order for you to get soap. This type of thing isn't new in the market. But this brand's idea in keeping the soap bottle safe and secured was to keep the nozzle locked. So this means that you need to twist it a few times and then it pops up. 
once you know that the nozzle is up, it means that the safety cap has been broken and it's ready for use. I really wish they could have added arrows turning to the direction where they want it to open. Well, if I would ever have this situation again, I would just follow the golden rule of lefty loosey, righty tighty. So moving forward, the second design assumption he mentioned is users understand your symbols. He gave an example of a water company using the letters WS for water station and the Google Plus buttons where you need to share. Which is understandable. I saw in his example that it is difficult to know if it's a water station if you only have WS in the signage outside. Now, I know the assumption is self-explanatory and we can move on from it. But I would have to agree with Ranola on this. There are moments where companies, especially those who run apps and softwares, to assume the user knows its signs and symbols. Sometimes, this isn't the case. What I noticed about them missing the message on symbols could be found in video games, specifically the ones that are fantasy-themed. Before you say something on it, I just want to say that the one I'll use as an example is what I'm currently playing, which means I love it, and I won't say the name. Although I understand that when it comes to fantasy worlds, you can make your own rules and design how the things you want it to be. Sometimes, looking at where the save button is or the shop icon can be difficult for players. This isn't just the case or game that I'm playing. It also goes for all the other games. There are a few games who get past this since they are established and people just got used to it. They just got used to the signs and symbols. But there are those games who lose players just because the interface is really confusing. I've had that moment before in the past where I was playing this game and some point in the game, I just got tired since everything was just confusing. And when it comes to poster designs, everything that you put is a symbol. Your text, colors, images, icons, all of that. You have to be careful since you might get the wrong message or they might interpret it in something that you never thought about in the first place. As graphic designers, there are moments where we can be poetic so people can decode it. But there are moments where our clients will give us a brief where people need to take a certain action and they need to understand it fast. Sometimes when a certain poster or ad is placed on the streets, sometimes people don't have the time to stop for a long period of time. They just see it, boom, snap, and then they just move on. Since this episode will be released a day after Trece, it's an upcoming show in Netflix. It came from this Filipino comic, which is really good. I just want to point out how remarkable the marketing and advertising done for the promotions. If I'm not mistaken, this is from Gigil Advertising who did the work. What really is remarkable about their work is that they did it in three parts for the billboard. They gave the standard poster of Tresse with the main character in front, the name of the actress, then the title of the show. 
the second part is interesting since weeks after that, I guess which is around last week, the billboard has been ripped and vandalized with red ink saying that this is our place, leave. It's really good since it's on point, it's on brand, it tells a story. And the symbols that they used on it with the red ink and with the scratches, those symbols, it is appropriate and it recalls back to what Teresa is all about. And moving forward, it's so scary to think about how ripping and the marker can damage the details. You know, you also have to be mindful of that. Actually, I was also thinking that what if there were some billboards placed on it, there will be difficulty reading it since it's all over the place. But since the cut was precise, which is far away from the important details, and the marker, the ones that used for vandalizing it, gave enough room for the details, the important symbols and the things that you're supposed to know, which is the show, when it's going to be released, and where it's going to be released. You know, it worked. And at the end of the day, you know, you also have to understand that your symbols are important and you shouldn't always assume that your audiences know the symbols that you put unless you're sure of it. So there are times where you should take this into reversal where you, you need to play safe. But if, for example, you're so mature, you have studies or you've read somewhere on what symbols to put, then I guess go ahead. But if your client ever tells you that, okay, I don't understand this, I think we need to find a different approach, then I guess it's time to try to find other ways to translate that idea into a symbol. Now we move on to the third assumption. It states that users read instructions or help messages. Okay, I feel a little bit 50-50 on this one since Ranola has a good point that people are used to things that reading instructions are no longer common. I guess it's been common for things like this since different markets have been saturated with similar products so companies try to give the same functions on things with different modifications. I think an example of this would be screenshots. Most phones have it by pressing the home button and the power button. If a phone does not have this, people would return to the manual for the specific thing. It takes time. And then if this phone is really difficult, then people might not opt to have it. Just, you know, they might since it's really difficult. Although he does have a point, I still think there are people out there who still read instructions. I think before, people would keep the instruction packet so they wouldn't have a hard time, but now they have to search it online and watch a video tutorial of it. And similar to what I said in the first assumption, given instruction on packages wouldn't hurt. People would still read it and it's a great way to take care of the product. In the article, he said that in the third assumption, people would already expect on what to do with a certain brand or a certain product. But I think that when different brands try to compete, they try to be innovative on what are the things that they put, what are the things that they remove. And I think that's a time where instructions would come in handy. There are a lot of videos out there showing how 
this purpose of this tiny little thing in a product actually elevates the whole experience. An example of this is the soda cans. I'm not sure if it's really intended, but when you try to open the soda can and then you turn it and then you place the straw in the hole, that's where you do it. But I really think that it's just another way to do it since the whole purpose of having the hole is to create this flap thing that you can see whenever you open canned goods. Okay, so we reached the last assumption and it's about users' user site in ideal conditions. The article discusses on the apps and website conditions and how sometimes you have to focus on legibility since there are phones where the brightness is not too good or the fonts, typefaces, and the colors are not available. So allow me to connect this to graphic design. One of the things that I avoid doing is creating a four-panel picture in Facebook that would connect with each other. It's as if you can see it as one big picture. So when you see it in a collage effect, you can see that. I avoid it since it's too difficult to connect them and not everyone has the ideal conditions to see it in full. An issue of mine is cropping, especially if you will use this in Twitter. It makes it difficult for everybody to see it and sometimes the cropping might be awkward. This is why I avoid it since I wouldn't know what it will look like in other people's devices, which is very 50-50 since if you wanted to try and appear more serious, more authoritative, and then the cropping is just really bad, it might turn into a meme. But overall, looking at the article, it had good points and with user interface, it does say a lot on these assumptions and it's good to keep these assumptions in mind. And you know, connecting it in graphic design, all these principles is actually applicable in every design decision that we make. And having these assumptions and reminding ourselves that there are assumptions that we just need to avoid is a good way for us to be mindful and responsible designers. Well, those are all the assumptions the article pointed out. So what do you guys think? And that's all our time for today. Thank you guys for listening. And I would like to thank the network and the cut print management for making this possible. This episode has been executively produced by Cut Print Podcast Network under the Podcast New Program, the leading public service training program for podcasting in the Philippines. If you guys want to keep this discussion going or want to share your insights and reactions, head over to our Instagram at thedesignpodph. Once again, I am Enrico, your creative, and I'll see you in the next episode.